Welcome, friend. I am so glad that you are here for episode 87 of the Love Your People Well podcast. We are in part two of our Summertime in the Psalms series. So if you are listening to this in real time, um, well, number one, it's the day before my birthday. So happy birthday to me. If you would like to get me a little present... (laughs) It would be so encouraging to leave a review of the podcast, um, especially an Apple podcast. I know that's the easiest one, and most of the folks listening are using Apple podcast. That's what the stats tell me. Um, And it's so easy, just halfway down the page for the show, the Love Your People Well page. You scroll about halfway down, you'll see a little hyperlink, write a review, um, and just leave a little note about what you like about the show, what encourages you. That would be an awesome birthday present for me. But that's only number one. (laughs) Number two, if you are listening to this in real time, I hope that you are having a wonderful summer. I have really loved diving into the Psalms this summer. Um, I don't know about you, but my typical like weekly Bible study group of ladies that I meet with, we tend to take the summer off. And I always struggle then with like, okay, so what am I going to read in the Bible? Like, how am I going to keep my daily habit of spending time with the Lord going if I don't have like a a pre-made plan for where I'm going to be reading? in the Bible. I do like to read along with our sermon series at church, um, but that's just once a week for the same passage. Uh, So that's why I have been diving into the Psalms this summer. There's 150. Um, I probably won't make it all the way through by the time my group starts meeting again. But whatever you are reading this summer in God's word, I hope that it is enriching and encouraging. And I hope that you're enjoying this um, short little series as we are diving into the Psalms together to look at what do we learn about God? What do we learn about ourselves? And what do we learn about family life? How to have a healthy marriage, how to raise our kids, how to invest in the incredible blessing of Christian family life, the incredible... (laughs) hectic and overwhelming and busy reality of Christian family life. What can we learn from the Psalms about how to live life well today? That is the goal with this little series through the month of July. And today we are diving into Psalm 142. So friends, let's dive in. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast. We're here to build healthy, happy, and holy family relationships. I'm Jess, a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe God creates us for relationships, relationship with him and with each other. So if you want to build a strong marriage, connect with your kids, find peace and purpose at the end of those crazy days, and keep Jesus at the center of it all, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. I am going to go ahead and kick us off today by reading through all of Psalm 142. It's only seven verses. And as we probably all know, God's word will always be way better than my word, than um, anything that I might have to contribute from my own reflection or prayer or assessment or study of God's word. So let's just consider that our little asterisk takeaway for today. Anytime you're reading a book about God or about the Bible, you're reading a commentary, you're even listening to a sermon, that stuff is great. 
assuming that it is theologically sound. Um, all of that stuff is great, but it will never compare to actually opening God's word yourself. So um, you may want to just hit pause right now and read through Psalm 142 by yourself um, silently or, you know, listen to some worship music, whatever you want to do. But it's short, so I'm going to read through it for all of us. And then we will dive into some thoughts and takeaways from this psalm. Um, but before I do that, let me remind you of my usual disclaimer. If you've listened to many, many episodes before, then you're familiar with this. Say it with me, friends. <laughs> Um, I am a marriage and family therapist licensed in South Carolina, but this podcast and all the resources from Love Your People Well should not be taken as personal or professional advice. I do have some episodes about counseling, how to get connected with a great counselor. Um, There's always a link in the show notes, as well as the description of this episode. You can find all that on the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com slash counseling if you want more information there. But of course, the podcast, the resources, um, I don't know you, I don't know your specific family situation. So I never want you to take it as professional advice. Um, I want you to take it as something informational, something helpful. And especially when we are diving specifically into God's word, um, it's worth considering for yourself, what is the Holy Spirit teaching you as an individual, as a woman, as a mom, as a wife, through his word. Because your takeaway, it might be different than my takeaway. He is alive and active and always speaking to us. So with all of that in mind, let's jump in to Psalm 142. This is a a Psalm of David when he was in the cave um, praying to the Lord. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Look and see, there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am desperate, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. And that is from um, the New International Version. (laughs) You might read a different version that sounds a little bit different. Um... Oh, but my friends, there is so much richness about family life in particular as I read through Psalm 142. I titled this episode (laughs) Godly Wisdom um, for the Exhaustion, the Struggle, and the Loneliness of Christian Family Life. Because as we read through these words that David wrote thousands of years ago while hiding in a cave, It is so relatable to modern family life. We cry out to God for the same things that David is crying out for. We cry out for mercy. That's in verse one. We cry out to tell God about our troubles. That's in verse two. We cry out begging for his strength. Verse three, for his support. In verse four, we (laughs) live very different lives from David 
from when he was a young shepherd, from when he was a king. I mean, there's a lot in his life story that we can relate to, but our day-to-day life, our family life is drastically different. Um, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you live, what part of the world you're living in, but I can be very confident your life looks pretty different than David. And yet we see in God's word here, the same struggles that we have today. We need mercy. We have troubles. We need God's strength. We need God's support. We cannot live life well if we're doing it on our own. Because the reality of life is that it's hard and we need help. Now, you might be in a season of life that is is flowing smoothly. I mean, it's, it's summertime, the sun is out, you know, the kids are out of school. That can be a really wonderful and fun season for a lot of families. Um, but that doesn't mean you are any less <laughs> in need of God's help. We still have emotions. We still have family conflict and squabbles and other people don't think about things the same way we do. Can you believe it? Like what's going on with that? (laughs) I mean, the reality is even when things are great, there are still struggles in our day-to-day life. And those are the good seasons. You might also, or maybe alternatively, you might be in a season that feels completely overwhelming, that feels completely draining. A season where you're looking around thinking, is anybody other than me worried about the things I'm worried about? Is anyone caring about what's happening to me? Is God even listening to me? I mean, these are real seasons of life. And they were true for David. And they're true for us today. And just like we see David in verses three and four, talking about how exhausted he's feeling, how lonely he's feeling. If you have been in your family for any length of time, If you've been married, let's say longer than a month, if you've had kids longer than maybe two hours, (laughs) maybe two minutes, uh, you have had a season where you have felt exhausted and where you have felt lonely. It is just a normal part of everyday life and especially family life. And so, I mean, this is always one of the things I love as I read through the Psalms is I love to... (laughs) to see someone else putting words to my emotions. Now, of course, they're different. I have never been hiding in a cave. I've never had someone actively trying to kill me like David did. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I have not had the exact same experiences, you know, that David is writing about. Not every single word of the Psalms feels applicable to my specific, unique, individual life. But the emotions the the need for God, the overall experience of life, I can definitely connect with that. And I'm sure that you can too. And as we look at the Psalms and we can say, okay, I, I resonate with this. I need God's mercy. I pour out my troubles. I need strength. I need support. I feel lonely. I feel exhausted. Why is it that David and us, why are we crying out to God? about these issues. If you have a great relationship with your husband, you can talk with him about it. Um, Hopefully you have some friends that you can sit down and talk about. I I feel totally exhausted and overwhelmed. Hopefully there are other people in your life who you can cry out to, who you can reach out 
for support with. But David is turning to God. And we, we do well and we act wisely when we do the same. And so we have to ask the question, why? Why is it that when we're exhausted and lonely and we're in need of mercy, that we turn to God? Well, three, well, um, one specific thing I should say <laughs> jumps out at me from this psalm, which has kind of a few maybe bullet points under it. But ultimately, we cry out to God because of what David tells us in verse five, which is that God is our refuge. God is our portion in the land of the living. I hope, my friend, that you have a wonderful relationship with your family. I hope that your marriage is strong and healthy. I hope that your kids are are um, connected with you, that, that you guys relate well together, that you get along, that you have fun together as a family. But no matter how wonderful our family relationships are, they can be a refuge in a crazy world, an overwhelming world, a broken world, but they are not our ultimate refuge. They are people who will disappoint us. They are people who will need our help at times when we just don't have any energy or emotion. We don't have anything to give to help. They are people who will eventually leave us. Our kids will grow up and they will move out. And if they don't, then something probably went wrong unless, you know, there's a reason that they need our continued help. We are married to someone who eventually will pass away. We will not get to see these people face to face every single day for our entire lives. Whereas God, he is our ultimate refuge. He is the one who can always and will always give and give and give. He is the one who will be faithful and present every single day, every single moment of our lives. He is the only one who will never disappoint us. And I'm certainly not trying to pick on your family members here. I'm not trying to pick on your husband or pick on your kids. Uh, the reality is you're going to disappoint them also. You're going to have seasons or moments where you're asking them for something that they simply can't give, that they don't have the capacity to give. That's human nature, but that's not God nature. And that's why when we're struggling, when our spirit is growing faint within us, when we look around and it feels like no one is concerned about me, no one cares about me, I have all these troubles and nobody is here for me, that's why we cry out to the Lord. Because he is our refuge. He is our portion. He is our strength. I mean, he's so many things. But if we zoom in right there on verse five, we know we can and should cry out to the Lord in these moments of exhaustion and struggle of family life because he is our refuge and he is our portion. And the psalm goes on to give us additional reasons why we cry out to God, not just because of who he is. He is our refuge. He is our portion. But we see there in verse six, we cry out to God in part because he rescues us. That is an action that he takes. He rescues us. And we need that because we are weak, because there is an enemy in the spiritual world and maybe even in the physical world around you, in your neighborhood, there are forces that are against us and we're weak. We need to be rescued. We see in verse seven, another action 
that God takes, why we want to cry out to him is because he saves us. Now, why do we need saving? We need saving because we're trapped. Verse seven says, set me free from my prison. You may or may not feel like you're in prison in your marriage. You may or may not feel like you're in prison as you raise your kids and they're whining and complaining and not at all grateful for the dinner that you spent four hours making because it's amazing and all they want is mac and cheese. You may or may not feel like a prison or, or I'm sorry, feel like you are in a prison in these relationships. Some of, us, some of us feel like we're in a prison in our own heads when our own mental health is struggling, when we're struggling with depression or anxiety or any number of other issues. You may or may not know that that type of experience where it feels like your relationships or your own heart is a prison. But in the bigger picture, in the more spiritual view that we can and should have of life, we all know what it's like to be in prison, to be a prisoner to the various sins, temptations, struggles that we all have. I have the ones that that really are deep in my heart that the Lord is working on. And you have sins in your heart that are deep and that the Lord is working on. And I hope that he has brought already some freedom, some salvation, some redemption from those things that can feel like they are imprisoning us. But I don't want us to just think so narrowly about family life. Like you might have a great family life and not at all feel like you're in prison, but individually, as a woman before the Lord, we all have that same experience that we are struggling with something, struggling with a temptation, struggling with a recurring sin, struggling with some guilt or shame about what's happened in the past. All sorts of things can make us feel like we are in prison. And as we are trapped in that place, we see here that the Lord is the one who can set us free. He saves And we also are reminded here, as this psalm is wrapping up, that God is good. Even when we have all the emotions that David's walking through here, we're begging for mercy, we're pouring out our complaints, we're telling our troubles, our spirit is growing faint, we feel completely alone, no one is caring about us, we're crying out to God in desperate need, we need to be rescued, we need to be saved, even in all of that. God is good. David is asking the Lord to rescue him and to set him free so that, verse 7, I may praise your name. Now, does it feel good to be rescued? Of course it does. But we don't want to be rescued from all of this. We don't want to be strengthened and encouraged and receive mercy and help and support simply so that we feel better. We want all of that to happen so that we can praise the Lord, so that we have a testimony to share with every person we meet, and even with ourselves, when we're having those down moments where we can look back and say, God did that for me. He has been good to me, and I will praise his name. And we see the communal aspect here right at the end of this psalm. It says, then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. Not because God, you know, has made David this awesome person, but because God has moved in a powerful way. And that's attractive to people. Like People want to be around that. When you and I are in a hard season of life, 
whether that's individual, maybe a mental health struggle, or that's relational. You're struggling in your marriage. You're struggling with your kids. You're struggling with your in-laws. You're fighting with your neighbors, whatever it might be. When we can turn to the Lord, when we can persevere through that and lean into him, trust him, rest in him, and let him rescue us and set us free, that is incredibly attractive to the people around us. That is a testimony, not of our amazing skill and perseverance, but of the Lord's goodness. So as we read through these seven simple verses in Psalm 142, what can we do? What should we do? Like We see a lot here about our experience of life, that life is hard, that life is exhausting, that life is filled with trouble, that life can be lonely. We see a lot about God, who he is, why we would cry out to him, because he's our refuge. He's our portion. He rescues us and saves us, and he is good. So with those two things in mind, we've got the the reality of our life and our weaknesses, and we've got the reality of God's power and his goodness. What are some takeaways here? Um, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know I like <laughs> to have to have a few takeaways, <laughs> a few action steps. Um, insight is wonderful, but if you feel like, uh, then what do I do with it? It's not as helpful as we'd like it to be. So as we read through these verses and we see a little bit more clarity about our experience of life and God's character and who he is, there are three things that jump out to me about how I want to live life, how I want to invest in my family relationships because of the truths that I see here in Psalm 142. And the first is I want to, but also need to cry out to God when I'm struggling. I am not going to, um, I'm not going to like overcome a struggle or get through a hardship by pretending that it's not there, by brushing my emotions under the rug, by looking around and saying, oh, I'm not lonely. No, I've got a great husband. I've got great kids. I've got great friends. I'm not lonely. Like if I'm lonely, I need to acknowledge that and cry out to God and ask for what I need. And one of the things here, now I'm talking about for myself, you might read this psalm and have a different takeaway. That's totally fine. I've actually got three. This is only the first one that I'm highlighting. But within that, one thing that I have seen time and time again as a counselor is that we so easily um, question our own emotions. We look around and we think, well, I shouldn't be feeling lonely. I shouldn't be feeling anxious. I shouldn't be feeling upset. And then we try to pretend we're not. (laughs) When the reality is sometimes emotions, they don't make a lot of logical sense. There's a number of reasons for that. It might be, you know, it might be some PMS that time of the month. It might be other hormones going on in your body. It might just be a way of thinking. It could be any number of things. But the reality is emotions don't have to make sense for them to be real and for them to be impacting you. So it doesn't really matter if I, on paper, can say, wow, I've got, you know, 10, 20, 100 people who love me and care about me and pray for me and want to spend time with me. The reality is, if I feel lonely on some random Thursday night, then I feel lonely. 
might not make sense. There might be things I could do about it. But one of the things that I should do about it is cry out to God and tell him, I'm looking around and I'm feeling so lonely. Or some of the other emotions we saw in this psalm, I'm going through my day-to-day life and I'm feeling so exhausted. Cry out to God and ask for what we need. And then the second takeaway that I see here as I think about my role as a mom in my family is to encourage and teach my kids to do this too. I do not want to belittle my kids' emotions just because they don't make sense to me. And that's so easy to do as a mom uh, because we want to help our kids feel better. We want to shift their focus and help them learn that skill of of praising God and noticing what we're thankful for instead of grumbling. We want to do all of that. We want to make them feel better. But the reality is, if my kid is feeling angry about something, or my kid is feeling unsupported, despite the fact that I've tried so hard to support them, the logic of that in the moment doesn't matter. I don't want to belittle their emotions or try to convince them that, oh, you don't really feel that way or you shouldn't feel that way. I want to encourage and teach my kids to do the same thing that I said in number one, to acknowledge how they're feeling, cry out to God and ask him for what they need. And partly I do that by modeling it as I live out action step number one here, as I cry out to God with my emotions and ask for what I need, I can do that in front of my kids. Now, not all the time. That's not always going to be appropriate. But, you know, at this stage of life, my kids are little. They're two and a half. And um, and they know one of mommy's most frequent prayers is, Lord, please give me patience. <laughs> because I'm praying that in the middle of the day. I'm praying that when we're having lunch together. They don't hear every prayer about that. But they hear some of those quick in the moment prayers saying, Lord, I'm feeling frustrated. Please help me. Please give me patience. That shows them it's okay to feel this way. And what we do with it is we take it to God. And we can also, um, we can encourage them and teach them to do this, not only by modeling it, but also as, as we have conversation with them, as they tell us, you know, I felt really left out at recess today, or I had a big fight with my girlfriend and I don't know what to do about it. We can acknowledge how they're feeling and help them practice praying about it, giving it over to God. Yes, there might be some follow-up conversation about, you know, well, let's also think about the things we're thankful for, or let's maybe practice questioning our own line of thinking, because our line of thinking might have led us to an emotion that is not helpful and doesn't actually need to be there, given what's going on. But that needs to come after the support, the connection, and the crying out to God. And that leads me to my takeaway number three, as I read Psalm 142, which is to actively look for God's goodness, look for his provision, and praise him for it, praise his name out loud, on the regular, with my family. I want gratitude and praise to be a regular part of our family conversation. And I want that to be true in the seasons of life that are amazing. And I want it to be true in the seasons of life that are hard. And it's probably going to sound and look different in those different seasons. And that's okay. But the reality is God does not change when I am going through a trial, a hardship, a struggle. When I am in pain, God has not changed. 
He loves me just as much as he always does. He is faithful just as much as he always does or always is. (laughs) He's still my refuge. He's still my portion. He is still rescuing, still saving. He is still good. I might see it differently, think about it differently, emotionally experience it differently, but I can be intentional to look for his goodness, look for his provision and praise his name. And my friends, those are those are just a few takeaways. I mean, I'll probably read Psalm 142 maybe next summer or sometime in the future, and I might have totally different takeaways because that's how God's word works. The Holy Spirit is alive and he's going to speak to us in the way that we need at that exact moment, at that exact season. And I would love to hear from you. What is your takeaway as you read through these seven simple verses of Psalm 142? What do you learn about God? What takeaway do you see for your family? I would love for you to hop into our free Facebook group and share that. Share that biblical encouragement with the group. Or you can leave it right there in that review. I mentioned that in my intro. Um, Tomorrow's my birthday. (laughs) Leave a written review of the podcast. That would be such a wonderful, quick, cheap, totally free and encouraging gift for me. Um, But that's a great place to say, hey, you know, I listened to this episode and this is something I'm learning about God. This was a takeaway I had. This, you know, anytime God's revealing himself to us, that is amazing and it will encourage other people. Or maybe you just need to tell a friend to send a text to say, hey, I'm reading through this psalm and I'm struggling with this. Can you pray with me? Or I learned this and I thought it might encourage you. We always want to be sharing what we are learning. Not because we're praising ourselves for like, oh, I spent time in God's word today. I'm amazing. But because God is amazing and he is always living and active. He is always saving and rescuing as we spend time with him and we look for evidence of his goodness. So let me close out today um, mentioning a few additional resources. If some of what we have talked about today about feeling exhausted, feeling the loneliness or the struggle of motherhood, of marriage, of family life, if some of that is really resonating with you, we do have a few resources from Love Your People Well that I want to highlight for you. So one is we have a 40-day devotional on anger and emotional control. And that might be really helpful if you're, because a lot of times when we're feeling exhausted, lonely, overwhelmed, we lash out. We are less patient. We are more easily frustrated. And so if that is an emotional struggle that you have, the 40-day devotional on anger and emotional control might be really helpful. Um, We also have in the Love Your People Well Etsy shop, there is a simple stress relief workbook. And there are some pages as well for like prayer journaling, gratitude journaling. Um, Some of those, you know, simple practical tools might be really helpful for you. And then... I also always want to highlight, probably probably every time we're in this Summertime in the Psalms series, if you don't yet have a habit of spending time in God's word every day, reading his word, talking to him in prayer, if that's not a regular part of your life, you will be greatly blessed by investing the time and energy to make that a habit. And so I would really encourage you, if you're in that boat and you're like, oh, I want to do this, I just always struggle with it check out the free, this is totally free, Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. 
And all of these resources, the links will be in the show notes um, on the website, all of that. The show notes are at love loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 087, because this is episode 87. Um, but even right there in your podcast app, if you scroll down, you should see the link for any of these resources. But the Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge is purposefully designed to get you in God's Word, reading through 45 of the most famous or popular stories, and, and giving you some questions to think about, giving you some prayer prompts to help develop that daily habit of not only getting into God's word and talking to him, but feeling comfortable with that, feeling confident about that. We have other resources as well, of course. Um, just head to the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com. You'll find a bunch of free resources, um, marriage resources. There's the Etsy shop with some of those smaller little practical tools. Um, lots of good stuff. But I wanted to highlight these resources in particular because they really connect with what we're seeing here in Psalm 142. So with all of that, again, the show notes for today will be at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 087. And we will be back on Friday to pray through Psalm 142 for our families. Um, And you know, if you're struggling with prayer, that's probably a great place to circle back to. um, Because praying God's word is so easy. I mean, like the words are already there. You just have to read them and maybe alter them, paraphrase them a little bit to apply more personally to you. But so many of us don't feel comfortable with that. So I feel comfortable with that. I love to pray God's word. And we'll be back in our Friday faith follow-up episode to pray through Psalm 142 for our families. So um, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done that yet, because that way it'll pop right up in your library on Friday. Leave that written review in whatever app you're using or on the Facebook page, whatever's good for you, um, as a fun little birthday present for me and an encouragement um, for the whole show, because that really does help more and more women connect with this podcast. And my friends, spend some time in God's word, asking him to show you, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for my family? How can I live a healthier happier and holier life because of what God is teaching us in his word. My friends, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon.